0: This is Dr. Jay Corsandi, and you're listening to The Best Night Ever, the show that's dedicated to helping you get your best night's sleep. Over the last 20 years of treating patients, I've worn many hats, including dentist, engineer, psychologist, artist, corporate executive, and more. I found that the key to success, health, and longevity lies in sleep, and that's why I created this show. I want to teach you how to make sleep your best friend, Join me on a journey to uncover cutting-edge science, life-changing tips from renowned experts, ancient and modern sleep secrets, game-changing routines, and lifestyle hacks that will educate, inspire, and ultimately help you get the best night ever. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Best Night Ever. This is Dr. Jay Corsandi, your host. All right, folks. You are in for an extremely special treat here. Have you ever been to a personal development seminar or workshop or are interested in performing better with your brain and your life? You've probably heard of this guy. His name is Jim Quick and he's a game changer of the highest order. If you haven't heard of Jim Quick, let me tell you a little bit about him before we get into the show. He spent the last 25 years helping people improve their memory, learn to speed read, increase their decision-making skills and unleash their super brains. He shared these techniques with students at universities like NYU, Harvard, Columbia, Stanford, and Singularity University. He's also worked closely with companies like Nike and GE and Zappos and SpaceX and Virgin. I mean, the list goes on and on. His client list is off the charts, but working with billionaire geniuses like Richard Branson and Elon Musk is a normal day for this guy. He believes that no matter what your age, background, or level of education, you can learn new ways to use your brain. I had the rare opportunity to sit down with him one-on-one with unlimited access to his brain and extensive knowledge base and experience, and we dive deep into some mind-blowing conversations that I'm still absorbing. In this episode, you'll learn what his top 10 keys to unlock optimal brain health are. We'll also talk about the importance of sleep and some unexpected benefits of dreaming, the difference between mental intelligence and mental fitness, what characteristic is universal To the most highly successful people in the world, what is digital dementia and how you can avoid it, and a lot more. So I invite you to sit back, relax, maybe grab a sheet of paper for some notes, and get ready to learn how to unlock your super brain. And now, on to the show. All right, folks, we are live here with Jim Quick. Super excited to have you on here, Jim. Welcome to the show. Jay, it's a real pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. So let's start this off this way. You're a little bit of a contradiction because as a young child, you had learning challenges, but now you're known across the planet as a leading expert on teaching people how to learn. So basically the science behind learning and memory and reading is is kind of your forte, right? Don't we learn by going to school?
1: We learn certainly some things in school. School was a great place to learn what to learn, math, history, science, Spanish, there weren't a lot of classes on how to learn. And that that's really my focus. I think if there's one skill everyone listening should get really good at, in in life uh, for their career for every aspect of their life is their ability to learn faster because it's it's what they call a meta skill A meta skill is a skill that makes every skill better if you could learn how to learn you could apply that towards marketing towards mandarin towards music towards martial arts everything in your life gets easier after that it's like if you had a genie and the genie only gave you one wish you would of course ask for like a million wishes, right? right? And, but if I was your learning genie and I would help I could help you learn any one subject or any one skill in the whole world better, what would be the equivalent be of asking for more wishes? It would be asking to learn how to learn because right. then it's like gives you everything else after that, and so that's really my 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 focus. I'm really passionate about it only because. When people see me on stage do these demonstrations, well, I'll have 50 or 100 people stand up live and introduce themselves to everybody in the audience. I will memorize their names or a 100-digit number or 100 words, whatever we have time for, and I memorize it forwards and backwards. You know, I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's really possible. Because the truth is, every single person listening to this can do that and a lot more. We just weren't taught. If anything, we were taught a lie that somehow our memory, our intelligence, our potential, our you know mental superpowers, if you will, are somehow limited, like our like our shoe size. But we've you know this we've we've discovered more about the human brain more in the past two decades than the previous two thousand years combined. And we found is we're grossly underestimating our own our own skills and our own capability. And and that's my mission because I grew up with learning difficulties. People are surprised to hear that. When I was a kid, I had a very bad accident at five years old. And while I was in school in kindergarten, I had a very bad fall. And it left me with these learning difficulties. I couldn't focus. I couldn't remember things. I had trouble understanding things. I remember it took me an extra few years to learn how to read. At the age of nine, a teacher was really frustrated with me and and pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, that's the boy with the broken brain. Mm. And that became my, my label. And so... You know, 10 years after that, you know, around the age of 18, I was able to, quote unquote, hack my brain. I, I learned tools and techniques and strategies and lifestyle habits to help me uh, tap into that inner genius, which I believe we all have. Mm. And I've since dedicated, you know, more than a quarter century later, I, I'm still doing this. I'm still teaching. I've dedicated my life to building better, brighter brains. I, my mission is no brain left behind.
0: So So, okay, so... Y- I've heard you've been referred to as a brain coach, which I think is fantastic. And, and tell me more about this, you know, releasing this inner genius. How, how does that work?
1: Yeah, I believe that everybody that our life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins, you know, attached. And all great things oh. tend to come from the beginning on the inside. And I believe you have greatness inside of you i believe you have genius inside of you we just weren't taught how to unlock it you know we live in a world full of technology rapid change autonomous electric cars spaceships that are headed to mars but our vehicle of choice when it comes to education and learning is more like a horse and buggy and mm-hmm. it's not a slight against teachers my my mother became a special education teacher to be able to to help me she didn't know you know she was at her wits end i was you know a real yeah, problem case, if you, if you will, and so, but it's a system issue. You know, the world has advanced so much, but but the way we teach and learn has hasn't advanced as much. The schools, you know, we all grew up with a twentieth century education that prepared us for a twentieth century world, which at the turn of the twentieth century, farms, factories, not the world we live in today. And so, I believe we all have the ultimate technology that we're born with and it's found between our ears, this three pound gray white matter, right. and it doesn't, but the problem is it doesn't come with an owner's manual, so I do believe we all have a genius capabilities, and it's not how smart you are, That that's the thing, it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart? It's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart. Mm. It's not how smart your kids are. It's how are they smart. It's not how smart your team is. It's how are they smart. Right. And we all have genius. It's just school conditioned us that, if you f- you know don't fit into this mold, you know, it has a very specific way of, you know, a track to take you on, and in a very small percentage you know, compared to the masses actually come out, you know, thriving. And the rest are, the implication is like, there's something wrong with you. You just didn't work hard enough. You're not smart enough. And here's the thing when it comes to, when you think about standardized tests, you think about things like here in the States, SATs and mathematical and verbal, but there's lots of other forms of intelligence. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this, it's not just, what about interpersonal intelligence? Mm -hmm. People who are great emotional intelligence? What about visual, spatial, the great artists out there? What about kinesthetic intelligence, people who are the great athletes and dancers who have incredible genius with their with their body what about when we're talking about interpersonal what about intrapersonal where interpersonal self to others what about self to self people who really understand human psychology and the human condition and so musical intelligence I mean it just goes on and right. on and on so I believe we all have genius it's just it comes in different forms and here's the thing genius can be learned genius leaves clues when somebody is exceptional at something if they're an exceptional investor, if they're exceptional, you know, sleeper, if they're exceptional anything, they're doing certain things that other people are not doing. You know, certainly people are born with certain advantages, but even when it comes to your memory and your, your, your mind's potential, Neuroscientists, researchers will say it's about one third of it is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in our control. Mm -hmm. It's our it's our lifestyle, it's our habits, it's the food we eat, it's uh, you know the amount and the quality of our our sleep, and and all these things. Yeah,
0: all right. So we're gonna get into all that stuff, just about everything there. So all right, my show is called Best Night Ever. We've talked about that before, so it's obviously about sleep. You know, it's not about hitting the clubs; it's about hitting the sheets. (laughs) Someone said that. I thought that was funny, but. So why is sleep important to you? Well, sleep hygiene and and quality sleep is extremely important.
1: I know you've had other guests on talking about it. For me, from a brain perspective, I'm thinking immediately comes to mind, Three things that just people should be aware of. Number one, it's where you consolidate short to long term memory, mm-hmm. right? If anyone has long term memory issues, I would I would look into uh, first thing I would check is their sleep. Number two, and this is just thirty thousand you know foot view. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's where we. You know, it's where we clean out that plaque, that beta amyloid plaque that mm-hmm. can lead to uh, brain aging challenges and like things like dementia. And so it's very important to get that sleep. And then I'll actually throw in a third one that people don't think about as much or talk about, the quality of your dreams. People don't realize this, but it's in that when you are, when you're, if you're a student and you're learning all day or you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to solve problems all day, your brain doesn't shut off at night.
0: You know, you, you know this, stuff. Well, that, like, that's, you know, it's funny because people in the past used, used to think that when you went to sleep, it was basically flipping the light switch off, Right. but in fact, it's the exact opposite. It's it's actually more active in a lot of ways. And so, and part of what
1: it's doing is these things that we talked about, consolidating short to long-term memory and clean the and, and but also in the dream state, we are actually, people don't know, but a lot of things in our culture that we might just, you know, take for granted sometimes it came from dream states it emerged from from a dream state so mary shelley you know works of of literature mary shelley came up with frankenstein in her dream Mm. paul mccartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream elias howe the inventor he created the sewing machine in a dream yeah the chemist came up with the framework of the period for the periodic table in his dream Yeah. jack nicholas the the golfer there was a time when he was in a real slump shooting you know, mid 70s. And he had a dream, you know, it was just racking him. And then he just he's thinking about it all the time, and he had a dream where he changed his grip subtly. And and the next morning, he did it and he started shooting back, you know, in the in the 60s. It's extraordinary what your mind is doing at night, but that requires you you sleep because I mean, how, you know this better than I do. Oh, how many how many years are we sleeping like 20 years? Yeah, a third of our lives. And then if if you're doing that, that's probably what 3 to 5 years dreaming. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like what's what are you who is listening right now? What are you dreaming about that could be you know, the next invention or the next life hack or something for your life or student anything. Yeah. But I mean, we could talk about this. I I did a whole episode on on my podcast, you know, and then we're we're honored to have you on our show also as well Mm -hmm. on remembering your dreams because that's the thing, you know. We, I know we talk about the nighttime routines and I, and we could certainly go into that and what I do leading up to going to to bed, uh, you know, but I also have a whole morning routine. And the first thing I do, I do 10 things every morning to jumpstart my brain. The very first thing I do though, is I go through a process of remembering my dreams mm. because a lot of people actually are dreaming amazing things that could actually empower their life. But they, what happens when you wake up in the morning? The dream just like, uh, it just fades Oof, away. Vanish. Yeah. And there are certain things you could do to be able to have a better recollection.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I always have these conversations with my patients about dreams as being more of a physiologic or biological State And uh, it's refreshing and, and exciting to hear kind of the creative aspect of dreaming and the benefits of that. Now, that, that was actually my next question was kind of the whole benefits of, of dreaming and being able to express that in the world in terms of creativity, giving right. back uh, yeah advancement
1: absolutely yeah. so all all everything we talked about whether it's the literature or the music or the the science yeah. the, you know the sports all of that came from dream states and there's certain things that people could do to to recall their recall their their dreams also as well cool. you know one one of them is just you know obviously deciding in advance i think it's very important you know the night before i go to go to sleep have you ever and i'm sure you hear this all the time if somebody has to wake up You know, especially early because they have a big meeting or they have to catch a flight and they have to get up at like maybe a little earlier than they normally do. Maybe it's five Mm o'clock and they're a little bit, you know, they're thinking about it and they wake up like two minutes before their alarm goes off, right? It's pretty powerful what your mind can do. And so you set that intention, consciously or unconsciously, and then your body knows, your body has this incredible intelligence and your mind goes there. And what if, like what I do the night before is as I ask myself a question, a creative question that I just want to be able to ponder through the night. I don't obsess about it because I don't want to be thinking about it and not be able to sleep, (laughs) but I just... Set an intention of of a question that I'm just you know something that I'm thinking about or something that's you know having to do with that day, and then I'll find that my mind will work on it, just like how you wake up at exactly the right time that you want to wake up that you could set your intention in your mind to focus on you know solving or answering that question, and then when I wake up, often I'll have an answer that I couldn't come to consciously like during the day.
0: I mean, that's why I love having you on the show because you're literally taking the whole sleep and brain performance and just kind of melting them together on, on ways that I've never even thought about. So that's super cool. Speaking of brain, let's talk about some poor performing brains here. Okay. <laughs> my patients come to seek me, my help in, in snoring and sleep apnea generally and sleep performance and one of their major what's called a chief complaint is that they're having a poor performing brain. They have brain fog, they have lack of clarity, they've got this kind of hungover feeling throughout mm. the day. What are so when I see them it's typically for what's called sleep disordered breathing where they're snoring or they have apnea and low oxygen and they're suffering at night from all these disturbances. But in your Experience. What are some other causes of a poor performing brain, what, and what can we do about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, so lack of sleep again is, is right right at the top of that. There are certain things that we could do. When I mentioned before that one third of our brain's performance is you know maybe genetic and biological. Now some people would say with epigenetics we have more even more control. Yes, this is the whole that, biohacking world, right? But at the very least, you know, science will will say that two thirds is in your direct influence at least. And so the things that I talk about that I think Mm -hmm. that we have to, you know, I teach software. Like software, people listen to my show, it's like how to change your habits, how to remember names, how to read a book a week. It's very specific step-by-step. But there's software programs, but you have to check out the hardware also. And the hardware, and when you're thinking about the neurophysiology, you know, of, of of our brain, I'm thinking about, in no particular order, a good brain diet. Mm -hmm. because and now the opposite is the answer your question is like people who eat fried foods and processed foods and high sugars like their brain is you know less than the best ever but a good brain diet foods that are are commonly attributed to helping with focus and a neuroprotective are things like avocados and blueberries i like to call them brain berries broccoli is, is very good olive oil eggs if your diet allows the choline is very good green leafy vegetables wild salmon, sardines, turmeric. Each morning as part of my ritual, I'll make like a little, I'll make some turmeric with some like warm almond milk, mm. put a little, put some pepper in it because it helps with the uh, the absorption, yep. but that's really good for inflammation, which, you know, in your, in your brain, which is obviously part you of your You probably body. don't
0: want inflammation in your brain. Yet. Right.
1: <laughs> so it's so a turmeric is, is a, is a real super, super brain food walnuts which is interesting cuz walnuts look like the human brain there's like it's i don't think the, i don't know if the, the science around certain foods look like the organ it's serving like it's it's interesting like tomatoes if you cut if you slice a tomato it has four chambers like the human heart if you look at it, if you cut a carrot it looks like the human eye, right? And it's, you know, they say carrots are good for your eye. I don't think they're it, may, it might be like pseudoscience, but it's all I know from a memory standpoint is a good memory aid to help you to remember that a brain looks like a walnut and it's good. Dark chocolate, you know, generally what's good for your mood is good for, for your mind. So I'd say, you know, that, those would be some of the best foods ever for your brain and lack, uh, you know, on the opposite side, people process food, the fried foods are really the worst. Yeah. You know, sugar. They that they've done experiments with kids and they, they remove sugar out out of you know classroom and all of a sudden hyperactivity and behavior, it just changes, right? Right. And I, I think this is pretty common sense. And in fact, all these things I'm about to mention are common sense, but they're not always common practice. So I would challenge everyone to make this interactive to list someone as I'm going through some of these ways of what's holding your brain back and the ten things you could do to to level up your brain is to rate yourself on a scale of zero to ten. Like on a scale of zero to ten, how's your brain diet? and just be honest about it. Maybe it's a five, maybe it's a, you're doing well, maybe it's an eight. Next, I would say killing ants is clinically proven to be good for your brain and ants, according to Dr. Daniel Amen, automatic negative thoughts. You know, I always tell people, your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself, You are not good at remembering names. You will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And so be careful with negative self-talk. If you go around saying things like, I have a horrible memory, I'm getting too old. If people truly knew, you know this, Jay, if people truly knew how powerful their mind was, they wouldn't say or think things they didn't want to be true. Not that you have one bad thought and it ruined your life, but- you know consistently it's like eating one donut's not going to ruin your life but the consistency of it mm-hmm. and so change it like if you say you know people come to me and when i I've, I've spoken in front of thirty thousand people the past 30 days people come to me during the break saying you know jim i don't have a great memory and i'm just like stop i'll just add the word yet at the end yeah. <laughs> when people come to me saying i'm too old i'm not smart enough i'm saying stop don't fight for your limitations if you fight for your limitations you get to keep them yeah so monitor your self talk and i would just say to everyone on a scale of 0 to 10 you know how much how positive is 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 your is your self talk
0: i i know we're going down this list but that was one of the questions i want to talk to you about it was was mindset and and mm. i get a lot of patients that come in and say you know i can't use the cpap or i can't right. do the dental device or you know i'm never going to be able to sleep well or mm. and and these are all these you know self limiting thoughts that you're saying is ants, which I am. Yeah.
1: And they become self-fulfilling. And so if we, we have to be very careful just to first, the first step to change it is to be aware of it. Because yeah. most people, we have about, it's estimated 60 to that or to 70,000 thoughts a day, 60 to 70,000 thoughts. The, the the interesting thing is 90 to 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts you had yesterday and the day before that That's and the day crazy. before that. So you wonder why people don't change because you're thinking the same things and you're thinking. To your focus and your focus directs your behavior and your behavior gets you results. So, so things don't change. And if you want you know, better sleep and your thinking is, you know, this, this CPAP or this dental device, or I'm not a good sleeper, it's going to, it goes through that progression and you get the result of no sleep right. or, or, or compromised sleep. And so the first step is to be self-aware that we are having these 60 to 70,000 thoughts. And then it, it requires energy and commitment to to be able to change it. And you could change it in a couple of ways. You know, what helps with this is, are things like journaling, things like meditation, because it makes you realize that we are not our thoughts. And where do these thoughts come from? Where did the thought that I had a broken brain come from? Because I wasn't born with it. You know, when you're born, You're a blank slate, Mm -hmm. and so it it was. These things get imprinted on us, and so if we could either be at the effect and a victim of it, or we could take control and take responsibility. And even though it's it's not easy, and I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's worth it. And and you don't nobody's going to get it perfect. We all go sometimes to a dark place. Our minds all sometimes go to a negative place. My, My thing is don't don't live there. And part of it is your self talk. So be aware of it. And also, what helps you to be aware is meditation because you realize that thoughts come in and they go out and you could just let them flow you know journaling to see what your dominant thoughts are all the time and then do the best you can you know, one of the things you could do instead of and amongst auditing, like just correcting yourself when you catch yourself doing it because that self-awareness will mm-hmm. lead you to change and adding little words like yet, I don't have a great memory yet or I don't have great sleep yet. admit yeah. It opens up a possibility and a field for something better. But also what we could do is just fill your mind with more positive things because it's just like with food. Maybe you don't have to, maybe your strategy is not to limit the, processing, the processed food and the fried food and the sugars and all that stuff. Maybe it's just to give your body so much of the good stuff that you naturally start, you're like, Hey, this is, this is awesome. And then you kind of push out the bad stuff. Maybe the process is just adding some of the best foods in. And so, and then maybe like what will happen, it'll start diluting the bad stuff and you won't crave it as much because, you know, when you're in that optimized state, you don't, you know, you don't want to eat that stuff because it's not, you know, when you're out of balance and you're not sleeping and is when you go to the vices and
0: you go to the, You know, the refrigerator to get that. It's crazy. I mean, I I try to think about this all the time, but it seems like the human brain likes to default to a limiting mindset where we're saying can't and try Mm -hmm. and need. But like you said, it's a matter of being aware of it. And then taking the right steps. Yeah.
1: Be aware, audit it, and then really add the good stuff. So I'd say those three A's is is awareness, is a superpower, self awareness, superpower. And then audit your mind and be be conscious of it and then add. Add add positive things. Listen to podcasts like you're doing right now. Read read good books that are empowering. Be around, you know, these good, you know, good things. And yeah. so I, I feel like that if you have good thoughts and you eat good food and you're doing good work, you know, good things are just gonna emerge because what you nourish nourish, you flourish. And so that, that, that would be number two. It'd be, killing ants. number three is, is an obvious one that just want to bring to people's attention right it's it's movement you know you're, 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 you know exercise is so important and it's not just exercising going to Pilates three times or soul cycle three times a week it's daily movement yeah as your body moves your brain grooves you create brain derived neurotropic factors BDNF which is like fertilizer for the brain supports neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, creating new brain cells, new connections and they say sitting is a new smoking it's just we're behind screens all day and people don't know this the primary reason we have a brain the primary reason is to control our movement and so move move more and that's a challenge sometimes with today is we get lazy and that that's what i want to do you know on on a mental level because it's just like how people take the elevators all the time and then somebody took a you know, it was the Uber, Lyft, and one of my friends like to go five blocks the other day because they Uh had to go run an errand. And I was like, dude, it's a beautiful day. Just walk five blocks. But we're just so trained with technology. And that's one of the biggest challenges for us that how it affects us physically, it also affects us mentally. And there's a new term emerging called digital dementia where we're a high reliance Mm On our smart devices, making us stupid. It's doing all the work for us, auto correct. We can't spell anymore. It's does simple math for us. You know, on our calculator, it keeps our schedules to do it, remembers numbers. Not that I want to memorize. Like, how many phone numbers did you know? So,
0: so it's funny you bring this up, this digital dementia, because that was another question. And I know we're going down this t- list of ten, but mm-hmm. I'd like to take a couple little diversions. But you and I are about the same age. We're both yep. born in July too, as well, which is cool. When I was a child, you know, growing up, I had. We had the phones that were, you know, initially with the rotary style. Like You would you would turn the thing with your finger and we can all imagine it, right? Sticking it in the hole. And then we went over to the push button style. But the whole thing was, is I knew my, I still know my phone number from when I was a kid, like five years old. And I know from cousins and, and that wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. But these days, like I literally had to turn to my wife and said, what's my brother's phone number? I mean, right. it, I, I can't even pull that up. I mean, so I, I get concerned because I feel like my brain's deteriorating in some, or I'm losing this, this mental muscle because I, we just yeah.
1: yield. And, and so technology is convenient, but it also could be crippling. Digital dementia is basically saying exactly that, you know, our, our high dependence on technology. It's just, we're not getting the exercise we would normally get any more than, you know, the examples of the elevator and taking a car to go five blocks. So there's a physical toll and here there's a mental toll. Your your brain is like a muscle. It's use it. Just like my shirt says, it's use it or, or lose it. I got to get one of those shirts. And uh, I'll give you one. <laughs> <Yeah>. I won. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do believe every time we head over... I don't know a few hundred million video views the past couple of years, and every single one, I'm always people always ask. I always wear these brain shirts, but I I feel like it's important to showcase. You know, people talk about wearing your heart on your sleeve. I want you to wear your brain on your sleeve, you know, wear your inspiration. And they also serve as a reminder to, to care for your brain, to, to love your brain. It makes a statement when I, when I wear a shirt that says get lit and there's a stack of books on the, you know, on the picture, on the books, uh, on on the shirt, it just reminds you that leaders are readers, things like that. So I I think it's important. So we have a whole line of about a 12 of our, of some of the most requested shirts you know, on, 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 dot jimquick.com. Excellent. Yeah. I, I feel like with digital dementia, it's something we have to be concerned about. I was talking to Dr. Daniel Lam and He was saying, telling me about GPS and how they're not getting early detection of uh, dementia, because if you're relying on a piece of technology to tell you when and where to turn, you're not realizing when you would normally have a memory lapse. So you're not going to get, you know, checked out and they're not getting, they're not seeing that. So there's, there's all these ramifications in um, some, not that I want to memorize five, hundred phone numbers, but we've lost the ability to remember one. We've lost the ability to remember what r- hotel room number we're in or the conversation that or we just had. Or, exactly. Or whatever, yeah. And that's the challenging, you know, like memory, memory is so important. I challenge anybody to do anything without their memory. You can't. Every function is and every behavior requires memory. And the challenge is it's not taught in school. They taught us three R's in school, reading, writing, arithmetic, or spelling's not, not one of them, but remembering. What about the fourth R, remembering? What about retention? Mm-hmm. What about recall? Socrates said, learning is remembering. Learning is remembering. Without memory, we have nothing. And so you l- use technology,
0: but don't let technology use you. And don't use it as a crutch, like still do the work. So. It's funny you mentioned that because here's one hack that I don't know if you've done, but this is what I do. And it, if I'm going somewhere that I don't know how to get to, I'll, I'll pull up my phone, I'll look at the map, I'll look at the GPS, mm-hmm. I'll learn the route, and then I won't use it. Yes. And I'll put it away and then I'll get there. Yes, And 99% of the time, it works you know, once in a while and you get the
1: benefit of that cognitive exercise. And that that's what it, it, it is. That. Like you, it's not just about mental intelligence. Yes, you know, in our, in our podcasts, we teach people how to learn facts and figures in foreign languages at rapid speed, but it's not just mental intelligence. It's about mental fitness and mental health. And I remember I had, I walked into the office one time, we you know, we, we teach speed reading and memory and the phone was ringing and I was the first one there and I pick it up and there's woman's voice. She said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm like, whoa, who's this? She's like, I found it, Jim. I was like, what'd you find? And She's like, she was given like a family heirloom by her grandmother, it was a necklace. And it went to her, it didn't go to her mother. It didn't go to her three sisters. It was entrusted to, to her and she hid it in, in her home and she could not find it mm. afterwards. She, she didn't remember where it was for three years. She had so much shame and grief and guilt. And she thought it was stolen. She didn't know. But then after going, we, we have 30-day courses you know, on focus, 30-day course on memory, 30-day course on speed reading. She went through this memory program. And 2 o'clock in the morning, she woke up and talked about waking up and sleep. And she had this Eureka. And she ran down two flights of stairs into the basement. She went behind the boiler in this little crevice and pulled out Wow. The necklace, And I was like, well, that program didn't tell you specifically how to find misplaced items. She was like, Jim, I don't know what it is. I'm just, you know, remembering names. And um, I'm just, I was able to give a talk at my meeting the other day without notes, you know, without even using the strategy. It's like, you know, I, I just thank you. He's like, thank you for giving me my brain back. It's 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 insane because she just felt like her brain was twenty years younger, and and even if you're not using this strategy, we're just doing exercises to build your mental fitness and exactly what you just did. You know, you look at the map and then you kind of code it in memory and then you do it and and it works most of the time and and you're built. It's like going to the gym. Why do you go to the gym? Nobody should. You know, nobody wants to spend an hour and just lift heavy objects, right? You do it because it's giving you physical fitness. So when you're out in the world, you get all the benefits of that. You know, the vitality, the energy, the flexibility, the endurance that (laughs) helps you perform better. Same thing with this. You know, when when you default to your phone, you know, every once in a while, just say, hey. Just take a, take a moment and it's like, I could do this. I yeah. could do this. Like, the other day, we were out to dinner at the dinner, there was 10 of us, and three people, when the check came, took out their phones to divide the check by 10. You know, like, you know what I mean? That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's, we've lost that 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 ability. And I'm just saying that don't memorize all the numbers in your phone, but just maybe just practice it. It's good training, just like, you know, mental calisthenics. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's continue yeah. down this journey. So, of so these uh, are the 10 keys again for unlocking what I call your quick brain. The first one, again, was a good brain diet. Second one was killing automatic negative thoughts. The third one is exercise. So, just make
0: time to move. Yeah, it, it, and I tell patients the same thing as well is, you know, it is movement. It's not, you know, you don't need to go do a triathlon. Right. It's literally just get up, walk around. I usually like to do a, a quick walk during lunch, even mm-hmm. 30 minutes, and get some sun exposure as well, get the vitamin D boost. Amazing. The, uh, and And some breathing. Uh,
1: You'll find so. You find the greatest some of the greatest minds do that. You know, Vinci. you know, like Steve Jobs, yeah. he didn't do sit down meetings around a table. He would go walk have Let's walking for meetings. A walk. uh-huh. You know, it helps with your creativity. Divergent it's been proven to help with divergent thinking and problem solving is is move. And it's just like this what we're talking about is just being active, being mentally and physically active. And this is so common sense, but it's not common practice. Like, you know, some people hear it like, oh, I know this already. I know this already. That's what keeps you from mastery. You know, the masters, the experts are really good at the fundamentals. They never get bored of the basics. And so, the next fundamental are brain nutrients. Mm-hmm. Brain nutrients, I believe everyone should go to a health practitioner, a functional medicine doctor, get a nutrient profile density done and see what you're lacking because you can learn the best you know, our best speed reading techniques or remembering name techniques. But if you're deficient in vitamin B or, you know, vitamin E or, you know, omega-3s, DHA, I mean, all the critical ones. And so it's tough, you know, when you're traveling and you have kids and everything to eat the best diet, you know, and our soil has been compromised and mm-hmm. everything's been sprayed and everything. Nobody's perfect. So maybe you need to supplement and talk to, you know, a qualified health practitioner to give you guidance on that if you need help. Number five is a positive peer group. So we talked about, about the thoughts we talked about the food and the nutrients you know the neuronutrients but you know part of what what nourishes you are the people around you yeah. and who they say who you spend time with is who you become and that if you spend time with nine broke people, be careful because you'll be number 10. And the reason why from a neurological level is you have these things, amongst other things, mirror neurons. And these are your imitation, your empathy neurons. When you watch sports, you watch a TV action show, you could feel what the character is going through. And you have those that ability. And so when you're around people consistently, you start adapting and adopting their same attitudes, their same beliefs, their same habits. And that's why you become those those people. And you need to be very careful. You spend who you choose as peers. And it's tough sometimes. You know, your friends, your families sometimes are the ones that hold you back because you give them the power to do so. Maybe they're like, why are you always listening to podcasts? Why are you always going to like those biohacking conferences and doing all that stuff? And maybe they don't want you to, maybe it's coming from a good place, you know, intent. Maybe they don't want you to get hurt. Maybe they don't, they don't want you to get your hopes up or, or maybe you're making, progress and they're not, and it's, you know, they don't want to lose you. I mean, mm. it could be all these things. Yeah. They could be sincere, but they could be sincerely wrong. And when I say positive peer group, that's very specific because you could love your, f- that these people, you could love your family, you could love your friends, but you could choose whether or not they have emotional Influence, you know, over your life in terms of a peer, you know, people like, you know, where you care about what they say. I, always, I tell people for years, you know, don't, don't take criticism from somebody that you wouldn't take advice from don't take criticism from someone you want not take advice from so be very clear because the people you spend time with is are the people you become and then so on a scale of 0 to 10 just as a reminder you know how how positive and, and encouraging and challenge you know are, are the people around you mm-hmm. so that that's very important because you have one energy vampire and that could sap your your mental your vitality in a very quick way i've been sapped before yeah <laughs> we're halfway there It's 5 6 clean environment. Yeah. If you want a thriving brain, then uh, check your environment. And we know also when you clean your environment, you have clarity of thought. You clean your office, you clean your desktop, your, your screen, and you put things in the right place. Don't you have clarity of mind? So I encourage everyone to recondo your mind, okay? And bring it joy and, and simplicity. The other thing I would say a clean environment is, I would say, just check out your environment for environmental toxins. You know, I did a whole episode on the invisible supervillains that can really wreak havoc on, on, your, on your brain, your brain health. You know, and when I say invisible, it's because you can't see it, like the air quality. Yep. If you happen to be in a, in a city like like I am, it's you, know, you want to air purifiers. Do the best you can. Nobody's yeah. perfect, yeah. you know. They they find you know toxins and umbilical cords from you know in the Amazon rainforest. It's sad, but do the best you can. Everything makes a difference. So air quality. We're talking about also light quality. That's yeah. your environment. A clean environment is the quality of light. And you talk about this a lot when you know with all the screens and all the what's in every office and. Oh, yeah. Schools, it's not the best quality of light and it's cheap. That's why it's there, you know, everywhere. But, yeah. you know, have your hacks, have your, glass,
0: you yeah, know, your I, blue, blue clock, glasses, your blue blocking everything. glasses, light hacking. I mean, it's funny because my, my kids are in school and, and the first thing I did when I walked into their rooms is, is their lights were all this intense blue-white color and it looked very institutional. And the class made a vote and they said, uh, we're going to put you in charge of purification. Hmm. So, what did I do? I went and bought a whole bunch of you know old school Edison bulbs, switched out all the light bulbs. We actually put air filters in the classroom. And then I went and got EMF filters for right. d- dirty electricity and, and plugged those in all the walls. And it's crazy. But the next day when I walked in there, I mean, there was just a sense of ease and comfort yeah. and happiness. And it went from like a jail cell to like a, a nurturing place. And everyone's feeling better and good and you know you can't go wrong with that
1: it's amazing yeah. yeah and that, that, i would say that's a third uh, invisible supervillain. you know we talked about air we talked about light but emf Mm-hmm. and so i've done a
0: whole show on that and I'm, i know you've yeah. done some shows as well too but people need to start paying attention to this stuff yeah.
1: yeah the four i'll throw the fourth one in it's it's not invisible but it should be clear water yeah <laughs> quality of water that 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 people drink and so clean environment have, yeah. have you have a clean environment clean it and organize it and also just make sure you you mitigate and and manage the the potential super villains in your environment that's number six number seven is is you the master of is sleep (laughs) sleep you gotta just we for all the reasons we've talked about and if you're listening to the show you know the you know sleep is is right there at the top so do everything you can to be able to optimize that and listen to every single one of these episodes because you miss one you miss you miss a lot number eight is brain protection if you want to have a highly functional brain, you need to be able to protect it because while it is resilient, it is also very fragile. And this is coming from somebody who's had three traumatic brain injuries, you know, concussions. I mean, you see all the challenges that come when you when you look and you do these specs, these scans on on people's brains and how it leads to depression and violence and just all these challenges brain fog and so protect your brain avoid ex- extreme sports be you know wear a helmet <laughs> all these things and number nine is new learnings if you want a thriving brain that's working at its full capacity you need to learn every single day we're talking about neurogenesis neuroplasticity is the idea that you know no longer do we believe that the number of brain cells is fixed that you can create new brain cells it requires two things Primarily, novelty and nutrition. Just like building a muscle, you give it novelty, you work it out, and then you feed that muscle the nutrients it needs to be able to grow. Same thing with your brain, but you have to give it novelty. And sometimes, as we get older, when we leave school, you know, some of the, the, two, some, the two two dips in, in cognitive performance usually is when people graduate school because they feel like their learning is done. It's like, oh, I'm done learning. You know, I've got this, you know, piece of paper, degree, and also when they retire. You know, just a reminder, sometimes when people retire, they retire their mind and it's not as active And their body. Their body is not far behind once the mind goes. Always new learnings. There's, there's a study done on these nuns that live 80, 90 and above. And they found out in the research, uh, they, they, they wrote about it in a book called Aging with Grace, which I just love that title, Aging with Grace. Man. And it said uh, that half of their longevity, they attribute to their emotional faith and gratitude. But the other half, they were lifelong learners. And because they were lifelong learners, they added years to their life and life to their years. It was on the cover of time, It's pretty cool. And finally, number 10, this is a big one. Also for, helped optimize, help to support good sleep is stress management. Wow. You know, this, this thing that we just live in it and we don't realize that it's there because it's just, it's like a fish in water. You just, it's just, we live in such a stressful environment. You know, everything going on with school and the career and the kids and the family and just environmental challenges, emotional stuff. It's just what are, on a scale of zero to 10, how much attention are you giving to, uh, to your stress, stress management? What coping mechanisms do you have? Are, are you meditating? Are, are you getting some body work done you know, regularly? Are you having a little red wine here or there? You know, what are you doing to be able to relax? Because when chronic stress shrinks your brain. And we we know that you know, when you have spikes in cortisol and adrenaline, it's fight or flight, but it's not good if you need to take a test. It's not good if you need to be give a talk at your PTA meeting. It's not good if you need to give you know make videos online if you're really, really stressed.
0: All right. I mean it's it's crazy, but all of these things that you mentioned will actually funnel down to a fantastic night of sleep. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can't not get a good night when you do focusing on your on your nutrition, on your movement. On your you know gratitude stress on your, your stress stress management. management, light blocking, controlling the environment I mean this is basically my entire show all rolled up into <laughs> so thanks a lot for that I, I can I can retire now, but great tips. I hope everyone actually listened to those wrote them down. you can actually kind of rate them on a scale and, and see where you're lacking and where you're thriving and then just focus on on ways to get those better. Getting close to the end here I got a couple more here. The list of celebrities and dignitaries and entrepreneurs that you've worked with is is extensive. You know, people like Elon Musk, Jim Carrey, Bill Clinton, Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson, Warren Buffett, Tony Robbins. There's a whole bunch of them and a lot more. What do you think makes them stand out in this world more than the average person?
1: So, Transparently, I haven't, I haven't worked with all of them. I've known them and have conversations. And surely okay. like, I'll give some tips to 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 people because that's the first question anyone asks me, and so I'd be able to support them on their journey for 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 that. But I, I do get to work with with amazing people. You know, have like Elon and, and Will Smith and these individuals, yep. and I find that the couple common denominators. One, they're lifelong learners. They wouldn't be where they are if they weren't committed to lifelong learning and, and personal development. Because if you want your brand to grow, your business to grow, you you have to grow and your brain needs to be able to grow. So they're lifelong learners. The other thing I would say is that they they believe that they are a thermostat not a thermometer and i use this metaphor because i feel like we learn really well through metaphors and analogies and parables and stories and they you know a th- think about this a thermometer the only function of a thermometer is it reacts to the environment uh-huh but a thermostat on the wall there is very different it it sets the environment it sets it controls it sets a temperature and you know for us it could be a goal that we have and then the environment reacts to it Mm. and i feel like they the people that are most successful and you know and and there are a lot of people who are amazingly successful not famous that i've learned from is that they feel like they are 100 percent responsible for their life that while we are all act a little bit like a thermometer you know we get you know it's if it's the weather we react to it if how somebody treats us for a moment we can react to it the economy we can react to it but ultimately we we are it starts with us that we have responsibility that we we maintain our agency and so i would say that you know, I mean, we could list a lot of things, but lifelong learner, and they are responsible. And and just as a one additional one that everyone knows, this is just people who are at successful. They they didn't they didn't you don't fall to the top of the mountain, right? You you have to climb it, and you have to do the work, and yet you, you have to be persistent, and you have to persist. If you're if you're persistent, you could achieve it. But if you're consistent, you could keep it. And these individuals they, they, they are they are consistent. for right No one's perfect again, but they are are consistent because everyone needs to know whether it's your sleep or it's your, your income or if it's your personal health or anything that you want in life, you have to every do something every single day. You know, it's little by little, a little becomes a lot because consistency compounds.
0: Mm. So takeaways is, is take action, take control, be consistent, be persistent. Always, always learning. Yeah. All right. And you've helped so many people around the world through your work and your workshops and your seminars and your coaching and trainings. What's the most valuable piece of advice that was given to you from somebody else? That's a great, that's a great question.
1: (laughs) Well, again, I, I like to learn from everybody and everyone is my teacher and that's, that's actually what I'm, I expect and I anticipate every single time that I meet somebody, every time I wake up in the morning that I'm gonna learn something brand new that could be life-changing. And I have that expectation. I believe all behavior is belief-driven. When I was 18, I had struggled all through school and I was ready. I was lucky enough to get into a, a university and I purposely picked a university that no one, that I knew people that I knew weren't going to, because I, wa- I didn't want their expectations. I wanted to make a change. I thought being a freshman, I could make a fresh start. And I took all these classes, and I did worse. And I was ready to quit, and I didn't know how to tell my parents. My parents immigrated to the United States. The typical immigrant story. My my dad. My dad actually lost both his parents. Was thirteen years old. They couldn't afford to have them there and feed him. and he came to the states to live with his aunt didn't speak the language didn't have any money Didn't education you know our family they lived in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at and it was that kind of environment and so when i went to school i really wanted to make my family proud and i didn't even have the money to be in school and i wasn't doing well because i actually did worse when i got into college and i was ready to quit and a friend was like hey why don't you, before you tell your folks you're going to quit school, why don't you come with me for the weekend to visit my family, get some perspective. And I think perspective is very important. If you're, if you're compromised with your sleep, I think it's important to have perspective. Like, you know, ask yourself like a question, like, where's the gift in this? Or, or get some kind of point, a new point of view. And for me, I change place, change people, all of a sudden I have a new perspective Mm -hmm. on the situation. So I get, to, uh, you know, go away for the weekend, and I and the father and and their family is pretty well off. Uh, it is the the, and the father's walking me around the property of his home before dinner and asked me like, you know, how school? And I just like, oh my god, that's the wrong question. Like at schools, I tell my whole story and my whole script, and I'm telling him how I'm ready to quit school and I have the broken brain and all that. And he was like, why are you in school? What do you want to be? Do have share? And he makes me write write this bucket list right. And he, he takes me, he looks at my bucket list and he says, you're this close to everything on that list. And he spreads his index fingers about a foot apart. And I'm like, no way, give me 10 lifetimes. I'm not going to crack that list. And he takes his fingers and he puts them to the side of my head with my head in between his fingers, meaning that was the key, you know, my brain. And he Mm. takes me into a room of his home that I've never seen before. It's this size, huge. It's wall to wall, ceiling, to floor covered in books. And I, I haven't read a book cover to cover, I'm a poor, poor reader, I um, have all this anxiety being in there. It's like being room full of snakes for someone who scares <laughs> snakes. But what makes it worse is he starts grabbing snakes off the shelf and handing them to me. And I look at the titles There are these biographies of some incredible men and women in history and some very early personal growth books. And he's like, Jim, I want you to read one book a week. And, and I was like I can't do it I can't do it and I'm just fighting for my what I can't do right I have so much school work and he's like Jim don't let school get in the way of your education and, and this was like over 25 years ago so I didn't realize that was a Mark Twain quote but but then I was like, you know, I can't do it. If I commit to it, I'm gonna do it. And I, I just not capable. And smart man, he takes out his, my uh, bucket list, which he still has, and he reads them all out loud, my dreams. Imagine hearing your dreams that you've never even acknowledged yourself, but hearing in another person's voice set out into the universe. And it messed with my mind something fierce because a lot of things on that list were things I want to do for my family they could never afford to do for themselves or even if they could, they wouldn't. And my my lesson for everybody here is this, is motivation matters. You know, it, it, a lot of us know what to do, but we don't do what we know. And it's a myth that knowledge is power. It's it's a lie and it's potential power at best. Mm-hmm. It only becomes power when we use it. And I feel like if you're delaying something, you know, with your hands, you know, acting with your hands, the, you know, that's in your head, then check in with the second H, which is your heart. You know, check into your purpose. Why, why do you want to remember this name? Why do you, why do you need to use what's in this book? Why, why do you need to apply what you learned on this podcast? And really allow yourself to feel we are emotional beings, right? We don't do things logically, unfortunately. We do things emotionally. Or maybe fortunately we do it emotionally. But, you know, because when you, when, you know, we are a chemical soup, we're not logical, we're biological. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And so I would, my message for everybody here that I learned from this guy is that motivation matters that reasons reap results. You know, and then so with that, you know, another piece of advice I got from him is that leaders are readers, that I, I I commit to reading one book a week and it changed my life. I learned all these skills that put me on a path to, you know, be this authority and, and accelerated learning and meta learning and, you know, and brain optimization and such. But it started with that one act, that one step in a new direction completely changes your destination or or your destiny. And so I would say that leaders are readers. That's a powerful piece of advice that I learned early on, especially for one who was not good at reading. That's why, you know, we teach these reading courses and if people are curious, you know, we've done four episodes on how to read better. And I think if people could read better with better focus and remember what they read, they would enjoy it more and they would do it more. This is true. You know, if they, if you could play golf really well, you probably play it more, you know, but, uh, you know, or if you could, you know, if you could sleep really well, you probably sleep more, you know, but when you, when you're not good at it and it has anxiety, you don't want to go there. And that's why it's important to put the effort in to get good at something. Thing. You know, it's about skill development, and, and if you're going through a hard time right now, you know, because that's the thing—we never know. We could be standing right next to somebody who's who's fighting the battle of their life, who feels you know really, really broken, like I like I have, and 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 occasionally do, you know. So that's why kindness is so important. And when I talk about mental health, is to seek seek help you know seek professional help and and reach out to people because it's a form of strength not weakness and if you're going through those are the difficult times remember difficult times they could they could define you they could diminish you or they could develop you you know we decide we decide you know we have we had that like that egg it comes from inside that hatches this this greatness and if you're struggling right now you know, my heart goes out to you. And I would just say, simplify this, whether it's your sleep, you know, whether whatever challenges it is, just break it down. What's the, what's one thing you could do? Don't overthink it. What's one thing you could do to get you closer to that, that destination. And it's like hitting a stone, like that stone cutter, the parable of the stone cutter. It's like, you know, tits has a spike, has a hammer, hits it, hits it, hits it a hundred times, 200 times, 300 times, nothing happens maybe on the 500th time, it just splits open. And it wasn't the 500th hit, right? It was all the ones leading up to it. And, but you didn't see the change that was going on on the inside. And if you're on the path and you're, you're being patient, and I don't mean patient being like passively waiting, I mean patient meaning you're keeping a positive attitude while you're still working, right? You're doing the work, you know, it'll eventually, it'll split open,
0: you know, and you'll get that kind of result. Just Just don't give up. That's amazing, wow, okay. I got to let that one soak in. All right. So I know you're busy doing a lot of things across the, the planet. Like you said, 30,000 people in the last month or so and, and busy schedule. What's on the horizon for you? I know you've got some big stuff coming up.
1: Really stoked about the podcast. You know, we have, we, it's only 15 minutes long and people listen to it and get a big, like just a brain boost. So people could find that at quickbrain.com, K-W-I-K brain.com. They'll also get three videos on how to remember names and another one on how to remember those 10 keys I just gave you forwards and backwards as if you were going to give a TED talk. So how to give a speech without notes. So it's quickbrain.com and I'm reading a book. And so this is a part of the process while I'm traveling around, you know, before this interview, right after this interview, I'm in writing mode and because the manuscript is due and just in just find the final edits, and I'm really excited. And follow me on social media for when it comes out. It's just at Jim Quick K W I K.
0: Yeah, so the book's coming out. Everyone, I'm excited to check it out. I've been my goal this year has been to read a book a month. I don't know about a book a week, but I'm trying to get through it. And you know, your your courses have helped me as well too. So that's been fantastic. So if people want to learn more about what you're doing yeah, uh, where are those podcast. places they can go again
1: yeah the best place is to if you want one of the shirts it's just shop.jimquick.com there you go the web our podcast you could search any podcast app Jim Quick and it'll come up KWIK yep. which is which is great and then on, on social media is really the best at Jim Quick you know on Instagram Twitter Facebook I always do these Instagram lives where I do Q&As and I would challenge actually everybody here to take a screenshot of this episode and because I think remember I said knowledge is not power it's action is power, intelligent action is power. It's just take one step, take a screenshot of this episode, tag Jay, tag myself in it so we see it, and share your big aha. Like what was a big takeaway you you learned in this conversation? Maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier. Hey, I'm gonna, you know, really get around some some more positive people. Hey, maybe I'm just gonna read 10 minutes a day. Hey, maybe I'm not gonna check my phone as much, and I'm gonna do that, you know, look at the map, and. and and try to do it from memory and exercise my brain. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm gonna go buy some avocados and some blueberries and some walnuts. I mean, there's, there's so much packed information here. It's just, you don't have to do everything but just just do one thing one one thing and share with us what that one thing is because i believe that when you teach something you get to learn it twice and when you teach it you get to learn it even more it becomes part of who you are and that's a great way to accelerate your learning and tag us both in it cuz i i i like reposting some of my favorite ones cuz i get to learn and get a reminder of it also
0: i love it all right folks this has been a super special experience i hope you've all gained a couple action yeah. steps and uh, nuggets and I, and
1: I also want to say Jay thank you so much also thank you for bringing this information out to to the world in your unique way and also thank you for supporting me with my on my sleep journey yeah. you know with the amount of traveling and and jet lag and you know I have uh, apnea runs in my family yeah. it's like it's it's one of the most important things so so thank you for the cape that you wears
0: my my pleasure i mean that that's the least i could do for you i mean i want to keep you as optimized as possible you've got a crazy hectic schedule tons on your plate so you have no option but to be peak performance so folks i just want to thank everyone for listening to the best night ever again this has been a blast i'm super stoked to have jim quick on the show if you want to reach out to me as well you can reach me on sleep biohacker on instagram or snore experts is my business a practice where i treat patients for sleep disorder breathing and hopefully we'll see you all soon thanks again for tuning in thanks jim
1: This broadcast is for informational purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this show are not medical advice. The show, including Dr. Jay Cresandi, the co-host, guest, and the producers disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of any information contained herein. Opinions of the guests are their own. We do not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests, nor do we make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a licensed physician.